Hello, listeners. Welcome to another edition of Clutching at Crumbs. My name is Kevin Burris. Um, I've interviewed a lot of interesting people, a lot of talented people, creative people, and bands whose records I own and authors whose books I've got. Uh, today, I'm joined by someone who I think I've, I think I own most, if not all, of his solo recorded output. I'm about to be put right because I'm sure there's stuff I don't have. But uh, please give a huge welcome to Mr. Boo Hewardine. How are you doing, sir? Are you all right? Oh, I'm all right. I'm very well, thank you. Yeah. Good. So my first question, I was asking everyone this, is considering that you, I don't know how many gigs you play in a year on average, but you must be in the, you, do you play 150 gigs a year at least? Or you certainly seem to be. I might, yes, I might do. I do a, a few of my own. I play with Eddie Reader. Um, I play with other people as well, like uh, Darden, who you, who, who you yeah. Were on. Um, but not so many, not so many gigs this year. I've noticed. <laughs> no, that was my point. Shouldn't be laughing, should we? But that was my point. That, that you, what you normally do is is you play gigs. If you follow Bill on Facebook or any other social media, I mean, you'll find you you're in St. Austell one day, then Croydon the next, and then Canterbury, and then you go home for a couple of days. And then obviously the one thing that the thing that you're known for is playing live intimate shows and you can't do it. How are you coping with that um, lack of outlet? Oh, yeah, I'm finding it a bit like being on a tour bus, but we never arrive at the gig. That's what it feels like. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I've always got things to do. I, 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 last week, I, me and Finley Napier, I don't know if you know him, he's fantastic. Sing mm. right, he's, he's my pal and lives in like about 100 yards from me. We ran a, a songwriting workshop for creatives, a place called Monite Moore and Creative Scotland and stuff like mm. that. And that was, yeah. So I did that. And then I've, I've got a Patreon thing, which I've, I've, I've put stuff into. And I'm always busy. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm busy every day anyway so it, it and i'm at home and i love being at home so I, it's an awful reason i guess to be at home but yeah it's not we're all right it's not it's not that hard it's not like our grandparents who got shot at we just have to sort of uh, watch netflix it's not too difficult really, is it? yeah that's the idea of not, not using the phrase stuck indoors using the phrase saving safe indoors which because it makes it yeah, it's much I mean, nicer and i'm 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 really behind that as well so we really are adhering to that but we're okay we're okay we're, we're lucky so. so your wife audrey is is she used to you being around now obviously she's more used to you not not being around for large large well, parts of the day it's been quite nice because now i don't have to wear the name tag anymore so it's <laughs> and i'm i'm guess she feeds you with her famous vegan delicacies nice. yeah well, it's a fantastic cook. We have a lovely meal every night, and it's it's lovely. Yeah, not not it's not all cakes. It's not all cakes, ah. She's, she's, you know, she's broadened out. She makes savoury as well now. Oh yeah. Oh, that's good. <coughs> good, yeah. excellent. So now, um, Boo and I met first fifteen years ago, which is really I thought it yeah was, yeah it was that at the um at the football. It was 2005. So <clears throat> uh, many of the people I've spoken to on this, these uh, shows know each other. Um, and I met Paul Archer from at that point, The Gears, introduced him to Dan Donovan. Oh, yeah. Dan and I were chatting about him playing a gig. I don't know where this came from, but he mentioned the fact that he was a photographer and he'd had, he, he, he had taken some photographs with you and on one of your album covers. And I thought, well, I've probably got that album. 
He designed he designed one of the covers. It's one of my favourite favourite um, album covers. Um, Was it Anon? It's, yeah, that's it. <coughs> it does look. It's only like years later. I did realise that it did look a little bit like I was sitting on the toilet. Yes. So if, if you don't have the, if you don't have the album, do look it up. Look up Boo Hildeen Anon A N O N, and it's. I think Dan said it, it's like it, it. It was like he just had a couple of photographs to take before he could use the yeah. film and just shot. Is that is that your feet? Was that his feet? Yeah, yeah it's me. It's, it's, it's your feet. feet. It's my feet, and I'm I'm looking at a magazine, and and there's a picture of. You can't see my face on the front, but I'm no. looking at a picture of Jude Law in a magazine. So I don't. Jude Law probably doesn't realise he's in the. <laughs> no, he probably doesn't. Well. That's very good. I like that. Yeah. Um, so then Dan mentioned that he knew you, and I said, well. Not trying to blow smoke in your general upwards direction, but but um, said that you're one of my favourite singers and songwriters, and he said, oh, "I know, Boot, I'd introduce you." And then seven months later, there I was at the at Edsbyn uh, ground, uh, running a, a an occasional uh, band night, and I was on stage singing with you, which is a very strange thing to, to have done. But that was that was October two thousand and five. Back wow, in the days when we could, when we, so we could wander around, and I, I did. Love, I yeah. love those gigs, Kevin. I really loved them. I used to really look forward to them because. Thank you. Um, they were brilliant, and they were also a bit surreal, just because of. <laughs> yes. I remember one time we had to. Was I with you when we had to walk through a singles, a singles night to get to the <laughs> stage? Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. You played yeah, the other room. Yeah. A singles night, and it, it's on the door. It said thirties and over, and they. It would really take me over a bit. Yes, yeah, I think the three might have been might have been a miscalculation, but yeah. So that that was great. And then what what I did love about that was we got the rider, the contract, and the rider from your management company. Oh, I I don't know what that was. Was it? No, I remember you saying at the time that you'd never seen it before. No, and it had a few stipulations of things that we needed to do for you, which I read out to you. So I'm like, I don't need that. It was freshly squeezed orange juice, and it but it's, it actually told us what oranges you wanted as well, which no. I quite liked. <clears throat> uh, and that yeah, you must how what, how what what type of orange or the yes. specific orange? All right, okay. <laughs> the type, yeah, it wasn't specific <laughs> oranges. That'd be a bit harsh, wouldn't it? The third, the third orange <laughs> third from the yeah. left. Asta yeah. Kingston, yeah. yeah. Uh, it also mentioned that you had to have this. Made me sound like you were you were a dog trapped in a car. That it did say that at all times you must have a sort of window slightly open. <laughs> I just thought that was fantastic. No, help, to help you. No, yeah. is it true? <clears throat> yes, I've still got it somewhere. I've still, I'll, I'll dig it out and take a photograph of it. I need a window slightly. I do have my window slightly open in my flat right now. Maybe. Ah. That was that didn't. You never see your own rider. You don't. No. They were, they were on not. Eddie's rider. There, there was a, a bottle of Rioja for like twenty years, and then one time we were all looking at it and said, "Did, did you want that? No, no one ever took it. You know, it was just sit, <laughs> you would just sit there. Well, was it you? No, <clears> hey. So you never know where they come from, you know. It's like was it was it Van Halen that only wanted a certain colour of of M and M's or was that? Oh no, no. There's a they wanted the blue ones taken out, right? The blue ones, that's right. No, but there's a really good reason for that. Yes. Because in they would put that in the technical part of the rider to do with safety. And if there were blue M&Ms in the bowl, then the uh, tour manager would know that they hadn't read the safety bit. So oh, I see. Clever. It was a clever thing. <clears throat> so it's like an but I don't egg. have a clever reason for the slightly 
slightly open window. <laughs> slightly open window. It didn't say how much we had to open it, but we did make sure that the window was slightly open when you got there. I just, just thought, what are we doing? This is a bizarre thing to do. But anyway, we did it. Well, I do apologise if I did no, no. come across as the right sort of uh, <laughs> character. Yes, we we did actually stop short on the basket of puppies at stroke. That didn't actually happen, but um, no, we couldn't find any. Yes, I didn't come back. I seem to remember. I was disappointed. Yes, because yeah. we, we only brought kittens, and it wasn't quite yeah, the same. No. Um, so, anyway, so that, that, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how nice. we know each other. But um, <laughs> cause by that point, I, I was, I'd been fully aware of your, <clears throat> your musical output for a long time. I, I was absolutely convinced myself here that the first time I saw your previous band the bible was on the chart show because i thought it was the same day that i saw serpent's kiss by the mission and went out and bought that single the same day but apparently it wasn't no it was, on the, wrong, so. it was on the tube and on the tube. There, was, there was a theme to that program so they had the mission on they had the bible on and they had the christians on so obviously someone thought it was hilarious ah uh, of course terry that. christian as well uh, yeah 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 so with, with that was filmed and you thought it was in black and white you were saying yeah it was in color and it was filmed in uh, the last day of, of, of uh, um, um, a railway repair factory in Swindon. And it was the last day. And the guy, <laughs> well, was kind of the guy, the guy who'd worked there longest uh, was operating the thing that moved slowly towards the camera. Mm. There, there were like something like 3,000 um, workers by the side of us. And we felt terrible because they were all being made redundant and i went back there with chris difford last year and it's now one of those sort of fancy sort of eateries so oh. uh, it, it was quite strange but the thing the reason i really remember it is that i i it was what convinced me to try and get thinner lenses for my glasses so i paid that bit extra because when i come up to the camera and i turn to the camera it's yeah like, it's like fucking benny hill <laughs> Well, I just, it's funny how you made me play strips. I was, I was convinced that was in black and white and on the chart show, but it wasn't, it wasn't, the mission wasn't even the chart show. Well, that was also the tube. No, Extraordinary. Was, yeah, yeah. It was 34 years ago. I'm going to forgive myself for not remembering well, perfect detail, but. The, re the reason I remember it so well is every now and then my children will play that video and roll around the floor laughing just to, to you know, ground me. Because what I also did, <clears throat> this is, shows how a lot, if you're under 30, listen to this, you're going to think it's very strange. Because the song that you played on that day was Mahalia. Yeah. That is great, isn't it? So I didn't know who or what Mahalia was. And I went to the library to find out who Mahalia was. Obviously, yeah. now you can just look at it on your phone and three seconds later, you know who, yeah, yeah, who it yeah. is. Um, so this was that Mahalia song. Jackson. We're going to play it in a minute. Was that song about Mahalia Jackson or was it purely just a, it, like when Adamant was asked, why did you write a song about Apollo 9? It was a very um, exciting Apollo mission, he said, because it rhymes with, we'll be fine. Was there a reason why you chose Mahalia Jackson? Or was it just because you loved her stuff? I, I really loved her stuff. And I really particularly loved a record, which is called uh, Jazz on a Summer's Day, where she sings. I just, I love gospel music and she's the, the queen of gospel music. And um, mm. what I did is we, when we made the record, which was made for tuppence, uh, um, over the course of a summer, I was with money that I earned from working in a record warehouse. Is I swiped one of the copies of the record and I used her speaking in between verse one and verse two, and then we put it out. And I, thought, I, I had no, it was really just put it out. I had no idea if anyone would listen to it. And of course, people started listening to it. And ended up with a record deal. And my job was that I had to push around a basket, and people from shops would say, "Could I have ten copies of the?" 
Muppets Christmas album, please. And I'd say yes, and I'd put it in my basket, <laughs> and then I'd send it to them. That was my job. And then, uh, so, but, and people from record companies would ring up as well, saying, would you like to buy some more copies of the, Christmas, <laughs> the Muppets Christmas album? <clears throat> so we'd do that. Uh, and then, so Sony rang me up and said, oh, uh, this is Sony. Uh, and uh, I said, oh, yes. He said, it's about your single Mahalia and my blood ran cold because I hadn't asked for permission to use the, 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 the uh-huh. audio to put a record. So I thought they were ringing up to sue me, but they were actually ringing me up to offer me a record deal. So it was, it was that was the first inkling that something was going to happen. And yeah. we ended up signing with a label called Chrysalis and met, met our brilliant manager along the way, Marcus Russell, who then went on to manage Oasis. So he's just the, uh, we were so lucky. We just met all really, really, great people all along the way we, we don't have any yeah. horror stories <clears throat> no that's that's a nice a nice thing to have that you've actually yeah. got positive oh. stuff oh. Oh, that's my mic that was my mic falling over did you enjoy that <laughs> great that's thank you that's <laughs> that that are you awake now <laughs> i'm fine i'm fine yeah i just looked out the window because there's an accident um yeah. strange enough one of the uh i think it's episode eight this is episode episode 21 of these things um yeah pre a previous interview of vlado nozal from um about the yes. band slovakian band queer jane um he has just published on facebook as everybody's his 10 influential albums and that album walking the ghost back home is in his top 10. oh that's lovely. Which is nice isn't it well I, i've be, be, become sort of pals with him online just in the last few weeks and i remember <clears> him <throat> being at the gig that we did together in, in mm. and he's a really nice guy and i really like his music so that's that's quite oh, that's amazing yeah just thought i'd add I that mean, someone else yeah a few people have put one of my records in in the top 10. i've noticed that they're don't have very many friends, these people. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm doing it now because I've been nominated, but I, I, n- there isn't one of your albums in this top ten. Goodbye. It's, because, <laughs> it, because it's the top ten influence, influences. I did the top ten albums of all time last year, and, and Ignorance was in there. Oh, oh, I'll stay on the line then. Oh, that's really if nice. If you don't mind, you, yes. In fact, my, I, I do a football podcast called uh, Time Added on for Sausages. Uh, and my, my co-conspirator, Paul Finney, uh, said something about ignorance. It's in his top 10 albums of all time as well. So Paul says hello. Anyway. Oh. oh, hello, Paul. Yes, thank, oh, he will like that. Thank you. Um, so I think we should hear that song. This is the song that I mistakenly thought I'd heard on a completely different program in black and white. But I haven't. So this is a track from 1986. And this is uh, the Bible. It's your first single then. No, it's the second single. First single was a version of Graceland. Ah, yes. I don't. I don't have that original version of Graceland. I've only got the. I've I, I got some in a lockup in. I live in Glasgow, but I've got some in a lockup in Cambridgeshire. And next time I go there, I'll dig one out for you. It's nice. That's very kind. I shall yeah, so gladly accept. It's Thank a you. different mix, and <clears throat> it's got a different picture and all that. Okay, I'll have to look forward to that. Thank you very much. Right, this is uh, the Bible and Mahalia.
That's Mahalia, by the, by the song that got me interested uh, on, in booze music 34 years ago. Now, you mentioned um, being on Christmas and playing with other people. Obviously, you're, probably, I'd say, equally well-known for writing songs for other people as your own stuff. Is it okay, when you got started doing this, was it a case of you sending songs to those people or a case of their, them or their management or companies coming to you no. saying, It was what I wanted song. right from when I was a kid kid even before I was in bands is the idea of writing songs for other people and it was a, an incredible catch-22 nobody wanted to do that 
And the first person to record one of my songs was Clive Gregson and Christine Collister. Now Clive's a really good friend of mine now, but <coughs> before then he was somebody I was, I'd go to his gigs and I'd stand up and get my CD signed and stuff. And I was a real fan of him and any trouble. And then he made an album of covers and the album's called Love is a Strange Hotel and Love is a Strange mm. Hotel is a song from the album I made with Darden Smith. Yes. And that was um, the, uh, the uh, somebody f heard about it and I was doing a gig in Leeds and somebody rang, knew that I liked to have a curry after a gig and they rang around all the uh, Indian restaurants in Leeds so they found me so they could tell me. It was very interesting. <laughs> Wow. I said, um, is Mr. Hewardine the man came in? Yes, I said, I have a phone call for you. <clears throat> and that was the phone call. And then I went, and then uh, they thought it'd be fun uh, when they were doing some promotion at Radio London, GLR at the time. Uh, they said, and why did you call your album Love is a Strange Hotel? And he went on about that and said, well, and this is the man who wrote it. And I emerged from behind the speaker. Ah. And, and I remember Clive went, oh. And then. Um, <laughs> then <laughs> If underwhelmed him, excellent. Yeah. Oh, uh, but yeah, but then we started writing together, touring together, and I was speaking to him only a couple of days ago. He's just released. He's been very productive in his lockdown <clears throat> uh, um, state. He has just released, made, and now released a, a quadruple album. Wow! In the last month. Yes, and I don't have a CD player, so I just had to say, "Well, I like this cover." <laughs> Uh, he, but, but once that had happened, it just seemed to happen a little bit. And then when Eddie recorded <clears throat> some of my songs, including Patience of Angels for her album that won the Brits and all that sort of stuff, then then people started listening to my songs. But it took years. I, I, I never used to send them off. Oh, i tell you what I did do, though, when I was 19, right? 18, maybe, is I sent, and I do not know why I did this, I sent a song to Kim Wilde. And Kim right. Wilde sent back a letter saying she really liked it, but that her brother wrote all the songs. And then when we did a gig a few years ago, maybe eight years ago, uh, to remember Kirsty McCall, mm. the Shepherd's Bush Empire, um, she came up to me and spoke to me and said, um, I've always wanted to meet you, which blew my mind. I don't know why. Mm. Says that. I think that might be her opening line to... Uh, ah, yeah, somebody maybe. Who's check, checking her ticket or something, <laughs> and um, and then I said, "Oh, you probably won't remember this, but I, I sent you a song, which I think was called Mercy. I think that might be what it was called, uh, a martyr. That's what it was called, martyr. Ah. And blah blah blah. You won't remember. And she said she did remember, and she, uh, she did remember it. And wow, I was, a bit, I was a bit shocked, but she didn't record it. That's so a shame. Was, yeah, but it was. Would have been nice to link with her dad, who was Martyr Wilde. Yes, yes, of course. Sorry. That'd have been nice, wouldn't it? Yes. And she could have called it Marty. You made it about him. Yeah. Oh, so close. Just taking the hour off the end. Yeah. If only you'd been my representative at the time. Yeah, I'd, um, I'd been about 10, but yeah. I could have uh, done. Yeah, yeah. Probably similar <laughs> sort of advice. Yes, probably. Yes, it wouldn't have changed, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I'm, I've not got any wiser in the last 40 years at all. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, amazingly, there's a studio that we used a lot in Cambridgeshire, which belonged to Kimberly Rue, who's in the Soft Boys, and then later in Katrina and the Waves. And the All man right. who was the engineer there, a man called Steve Stewart, incredible, interesting man. Basically, he 
he was all the music that you heard um, on Kim Wilde tracks. It was him. So it sort, ah. of, sort of seeped into my my work slightly. But it nice. Was really nice to meet her after all that. All, all that yeah. Time. But she, did she now? She's a gardener, haven't she? Isn't she like a landscape gardener or something? Yeah, but on the night she did singing. She, oh, right, she didn't do gardening. I thought she had been quite nice. Please welcome Kim Wilde. She comes out and pots some plants and takes some cuttings. Yes, yes, yeah. No, no, she, she, she just, for old times' sake, she sang a couple of songs. Oh, that's good. While, while potting plants. Well, called Kirsty McColl, of course. Um, I'm uh, still, in, still in Croydon, and Kirsty McColl was one of like, Croydon's sort of favourite daughters. Really. Oh, she um, was amazing. Yeah. Time, we all held her in the highest esteem as, as of, of songwriters and stuff, and her two, the two of her brothers were in my band, The Bible, as well. So, mm. And I didn't know her very well, but if I ever met her in a social situation, I thought she was just fantastic, because I was incredibly like, very shy, and would find yourself in... I remember we had, a, 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 we had to do a, a, a charity concert, and it was her and me and David Gilmore and Annie Lennox. And I felt so out of my depth. And she was really, really, really out. It's like, what do you want me for? It's like that, this, oh. um, and, but she was really nice and made me feel comfortable. And I, I really appreciated her for that. And of course she was amazing as well. So. Yeah. Now we're talking about, we'll talk about writing in a minute. You are actually on. So when I did my top 10 albums of all time in order about a couple mm -hmm. of years ago, my fifth favorite album of all time, you are on it. Oh, what's that? It's the Blue Aeroplane Swagger. I thought you were going to say that. That was that was that was amazing. That's I'm singing on a song, and it was incredibly exciting when I sang on it. You you might be able to correct me on this, but when I remember when I was singing on it, that there was a Michael Stipe vocal on it. So I was sort of duetting with Michael Stipe, but either they took me or him off. I can't remember. But I, I sang think on a couple. Stipe is on a different song. Yeah, I was originally on that one as well. Ah, cause you're was... on Anti Pretty. Aren't yeah, you? I was on. Uh, that's right. But the, yes, but I did do a vocal to go along with Michael Stipe, and obviously I felt very excited, and less excited when the record came out and they clearly uh, <laughs> you weren't on it. Sorry. <laughs> someone, someone had accidentally knocked the fader with their elbow. So yes, um, Michael Stipe is on um, on what it is, which is the song yeah, before. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's the one I sang on. Yeah. Oh, it was great. It was a lovely piping falsetto that I did on that. But <clears> I decided <throat> to take that off. So how did that come? I'm, obviously, we talk about collaborations, but how did that come back? So well, I just, that was, that was not that that com complicated because they were on the Ensign and were on the same mm. label. But I became pretty friendly with Angelo, the guitarist, and I can't remember the name of the bassist, but they played that with me. What's Andy McCreese. Andy, Andy McCreese at the time. Yeah, and I, and I can't remember, there's a drummer as well, and we did some recording. which I Drummer was John Langley. No, it wasn't John, it was a different drummer that I did the recording. Oh, Paul Morini. No, no, I don't know where he came from. But ah. he, it, it was, <laughs> I, that, I'd love to get those recordings, because we, we recorded like four tracks in a studio. If anyone's got those, because I'm trying to collect everything that I've done, which I've never done before. But Let me, I shall ask, because I'm... I'm a Facebook friend with Beck Jevons, who's the, one of the many guitarists they still have. Um, yeah. I'll ask her. I'm, I'm looking now who actually played percussion. Louis Jardin played, played percussion on no, that. I don't think that the recordings that I did, I think, was with a friend of theirs who wasn't one of the aeroplanes. But uh, I, I, did, I did tour with the, supporting the aeroplanes, and um, I loved them. I thought they were amazing. And uh, Angelo, of course, he went, 
that I did a TV appearance with those three on a program called No Stilettos on the Dance Floor, which you can find. Someone's found this. Oh, wow. There's, <clears throat> us, there's us doing David Bowie's song, uh, Be My Wife. Oh, okay. It was, uh, it was <clears throat> incredible. And they, the idea was that I was going to make an album with them, and it just sort of evaporated. But it was just exciting having a really good rock band for a, a little while. So you yeah. can find that you can find that on the on the YouTube. I will. I'll ask. I get, I get quite angry during it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I won't ask why. I'll find it. I'll ask it. If she's in, well, she's in regular contact with Gerard. They've got an album coming out shortly, I believe. Um, I'll see if I can find the original tapes from yes. that. Then. Well, that I'll, I'll let you know. And Angelo and Andy. I don't know if Gerard yeah. ever heard it. <clears> but I don't have anything to do with it. But I've completely forgotten that. Mm. She reminded me. Angelo Brasini, one of my favourite guitarists on earth. I love that, that guitar, yeah, guitar yeah. player. On the, the album after that, um, which is my favourite album of all time, Beat Songs, um, his mm. guitar playing is extraordinary. That record. Anyway, right. So now we talked about Ignorance. We mentioned that twice. That's, that's your yeah. first solo album in 92. Yeah. Um, what was the... Obviously, I'm not going to talk about Bible breaking up and doing the solo stuff, but there was a, that, that sort of three-year gap. Was it three years between the Bible finishing and... And ignorance yeah, coming out. I, I guess not really, because we reformed the band, reformed and and made a record in the meantime, which is an album called Dodo, which came out eventually after that, because it was I got a deal with. Uh, we we anyway we we'd done some gigs and I I can't actually you know what you probably know the timeline better than me. I very nearly signed to Go Disc, and then that that dissipated which i talked about that on a blog that i did yeah this is quite a funny story and then i remember i was supporting amy mann at the ming fiddler and someone from chrysalis came backstage with a deal and said we'll sign you again so i signed that backstage with ah. Ming fiddler. and then my idea for ignorance was that i would make an album in a day so with with um Jim Abyss, who then went on to do Arctic Monkeys and Adele and stuff like that, but I'd known him when he was like a teenager. We went to the church in Stoke Newington and I tried to record an album in a day. Um, and I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I just, by I, doing so many takes of so many songs over the course of the day, the, towards the end of the day, I could barely speak and I was drinking a lot of honey in hot water, which gave me, I, gave me the most um i do apologize i'll i'll get rid of this is that making a noise to you just now i just is your but if it's if it's a famous person ringing you please tell me please, if it's interesting it's, in the, mark, it's mark it's mark freeguard the, the oh okay um, the famous yeah famous that was good i like that I, I think it's that's good yeah. rather than someone from a takeaway ringing you or something you yeah. just, no no you yeah. just miss I just spoke to Chris Differ just before that as well. So it's all stars ah. today. Um, so um, <laughs> I tried to make yes. the album. In fact, that's it. it's really amazing that you should, <clears throat> he should ring at that point because I tried to make the album today. I drank all this honey and water and, and was, and really, honestly, I wouldn't re recommend it for your digestive system over the day, day, days that followed things no. very well. I'm a type 1 diabetic, so the honey would probably kill me. But it, yeah, well, I'd, exactly, I'd die happy. Well, no, no, yeah, well, yes, or with a nice <laughs> piping voice. Anyway, yes, exactly. Yes. So I realised when I listened to the tapes that that uh, Herculean though my effort was, it re really wasn't an album. And so I said to Jim, "How's about we do some overdubs?" And he said, "I can't. I'm too busy." But why don't you do it with my friend? This is the spooky thing with my friend Mark Freegard. 
Oh, and he just, he just called. And he just called. So me and wow. went to a studio in Wales called Loco, and we did all the overdubs there. And that was a very, very happy time, really happy time. I tried to <coughs> do a bit of recording as well with Ray Shulman from Gentle Giant, and one of the tracks, which is called History, is on there. But the rest of it was all mm. fun with me, a guy called Rob Peters, who had been the drummer in Everything But The Girl, and Callum McCall, who had been in the Bible at various points. And we went with Mark and we worked on it. And that's Mark's been my like, a really <coughs> a real good friend ever since. And he lives in Glasgow as well. And we've ah. lots and lots and lots of records with Mark. And he's just fantastic. So, um, yeah. But being being Facebook friends with you is very quite interesting because you get all these occasional someone like Rob Peters will will just ask you a question or or just will send you something yeah. just and you think oh Christ that's a bit but I get you get the people you may know on Facebook I do like that knowing people like you the other day I had someone from school I hadn't seen for thirty years Chris yeah. Difford Damon Albarn and Hugh Edwards from BBC News a friend of mine works with and just, this is, this is, my life is getting very odd I I don't know these people. And I'm only Facebook friends with people I actually physically know, but I just <laughs> that's really strange. But that's that's thanks to you. Um, now my favourite song on the album is maybe not yours, but you did very kindly say that we could play the songs I liked from your yeah, back catalogue. So are you okay with me playing a little bit to zero? I am. Yeah, that's made with Ray Shulman. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, I remember that. It was November the fifth, and and it was a studio in London called. Oh, can't remember his name it's quite a famous studio but it had a glass ceiling so you could see the fireworks shooting about at the top what's that studio called i can't remember hang on this is this is live on the podcast i'll reach across yeah. you because i might near the h's hang on a second yeah. let me find you uh where's ignorance I, uh, well, in, in, I remember it was in borough in london so uh, now viewers i'm actually showing boo his own record that i have it so hang on where does it say oh, it's recorded? I've got someone else. I've got. I've got someone else ringing now. <laughs> Go for it. I, I think I'll answer the phone. That'd be nice. Oh, and another one. My God, I, no one ever rings me. Look at that. That's Tom Jones. Um, <laughs> and Jim Five. <laughs> All of them. I don't think it actually says where this is recorded. It's Orinoco. It's called Orinoco. That's what it's called. Oh, I haven't got that far yet. Yeah, it doesn't no, mention I it. I just remembered it. No, it no. doesn't. Orinoco's famous for being the studio where Enya recorded Orinoco Flow. Oh, no, it does. It says, at Loco, the church flame and Orinoco. There you go. What did you Orinoco. record? Where would, he, what, what did you record at flame? Like, where is flame? Don't know. It doesn't say. <laughs> it just says the word no flame. I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means, Flame. Yeah. I can't remember that, no. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll check it oh, out. No. So, so why don't you play Orinoco Flow instead? <laughs> would, you, <laughs> would you honestly mind if I didn't? No, this is an Enya-free okay. podcast. We're not playing any amp, whatever that is, ambient stuff. I, I, just in February, I, 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 uh, I was playing uh, in Ireland, and a lovely man who's a friend there drove me and showed me her castle. It's really nice. She has a castle? That's yeah, there's, a, there's a little bit outside Dublin where all the pop stars live, and there's uh, there's Bono's house, there's Ennis Castle, there's Christenberg, <clears throat> I think, there's uh, that, that racing driver, and then there's the Edge's house, and check this out, the Edge lives in a terraced house. That blew my mind. Does he? Why would you do that if you're the Edge? <laughs> I don't know. It's very strange, isn't it? His neighbours must go, oh, 
No. <laughs> I, I would have thought he lives in a house the size of Bonnet's, but clearly not. He lives in a terraced no. house. Yeah, it's a big terraced house. It's big. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. But... It's big, but it just surprised me when I thought that. that I... Yeah. I... <clears throat> Why not? Extraordinary. The lives of pop stars. Right, in that case, we'll listen to... Uh, we, we won't have any Enya. We will instead listen to my favourite song off of... Um, sail away, sail Ignorance. away. Yeah, that's oh, why God, we're not playing it. Oh, I just got a text, actually. My new glasses have arrived. That's good. Oh, this is this is great. Yeah. This is the, an ins- a glimpse into the life of Boo Yuding when you're on the it's lockdown. A glimpse once I put them on because <laughs> you're going to see a thing. So this is yeah. <laughs> this is going in such a strange way. So this is little bits of zero from ignorance. Yeah. 
So I wasn't sure, actually, whether I should play that one or um, a track that wasn't on the album. Because um, The Ghost of Johnny Ray, which is a B-side of history oh, single, like wasn't it? it? Yeah. That's a cracking song. Like, yeah. So who was Johnny Ray? I didn't know. Was Johnny Ray a singer? Yeah, Johnny Ray was a singer. Johnny Ray's a ah. singer from the 50s. He's famous for... He died playing Russian roulette. Ah. Right. That's a... You should, yeah. yeah. So I you should can't him him on. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I should have the ghost of Johnny Ray on instead. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very difficult going through songs. We said... I, I, no, poor... I poor, uh, poor <laughs> what the first line of... Um, is it Gino, poor old Johnny? Johnny, Johnny Ray. Ray. That's Come on, Eileen. Oh, that's it. There, there you go. So he's, he's immortalised yeah. in, in the Come On Eileen's as well. But then that's the only line you can, only lyric you can hear in any Kevin Rowland song. No. It's the worst diction of any pop star in history, surely. Him and Elton John. No idea what they're singing about. I cannot hear a single thing. Well, Is that being unfair? Berry, Chuck Berry had always had very good diction. It's a really funny moment that happened last year. I was in Edinburgh with Chris Difford doing a, his one-man show. That was fantastic fun. It was called... Um, some fantastic place and we did talk about his life and play songs and he started telling me a story about um kevin Rowland, and so we went over the way to get something to eat in this in this sort of restaurant and uh, he was standing there telling me a, a story about kevin Rowland, and we looked around and kevin Rowland was standing next to us <laughs> i'll send you the picture later it was it was oh. it was the most we were freaked out that, so that is very careful. Careful when you start talking about Kevin Rowland. You might just turn yes. around and you might be there. <laughs> well, you've spoken about Mark Freegard and he just called you. So this is getting very strange. Yeah, but yeah. <clears throat> um, going through your, your back catalogue, which I said I have all here, yeah. um, very difficult to only pick five songs. But um, I've chosen a song that, again, was made famous by somebody else. So the next one we're going to play is, is, is Slow Learner. So how many times has that been covered? Because a lot of your songs are, are covered by many many different people i think that's only been covered twice so the first time was by the nashville bluegrass band which was one of my favorite ever versions of one of my songs they do it at a real old fair lick and it's uh it's brilliant it's got oh, I, I, steve i can't remember the name of the fiddle player but he's amazing and i got to see him play three or four years ago absolutely genius band and they're like the cream of the cream of the bluegrass community and quite a few of them played on Oh Brother Where Art Thou. So it's like it was so okay. flattering to have those people do it. And the other person who's done it is Haftis Holt, who's my friend from Iceland. So I think it's only two people. It might be more. I do collect my own records, Kevin. I don't want you to judge me, but I <coughs> no, you should. If, if I wasn't working or speaking, to you, <coughs> I would be trawling the internet for uh, copies of my of my own records. And I've got an, I've got a whole lockup full of them. This is your records recovered by other people. Yes. <clears throat> so, what's what a song of yours has been covered the most? Uh, covered the most. I think it would be um, uh, maybe humming. Uh, not hummingbird. Oh, hummingbirds done done a few times. It might be a song called Dragonflies. That's that's mm. regularly covered. So, um, yeah. So what is, here's a, I've only ever had four of my songs played on the radio. Um, so what's, is it a different feeling when you hear a song of you, that you've performed or written and performed on the radio to when you hear a, somebody else cover your song on the radio? Is it a different kind of sensation? Is it like yes. scoring a goal versus making a goal? Well, I think when you hear your own song played on the radio, what immediately strikes you is 
it, it sounds terrible. It doesn't matter how well it's, 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 it's like you're convinced that people will be like sort of staring at their radio and what the fuck's going on here? You know, it's like, that's what it feels like. But, when, <laughs> but uh, make it stop. But as soon as, as soon, if somebody else sings one of your songs, it's the best feeling in the world. And it's, I'm addicted to it. And it's still something that I love and you know, every time it happens, I, I can't believe my luck. It was, it's what it's it's the thing that from when I was a kid was my dream, and so when mm. people do it, it's 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 really um, lovely. And I, I I the thing I really like about it is you have an idea about a song and you do an arrangement and so forth. Then someone covers it and they might do all sorts to it, might change it, might muck it about, might do it completely differently from the way you imagined. But it's always the same song, and I, I love that. You know, it's like if you if you you know, it's like My Way, done by Frank Sinatra and by Sid Vicious. Mm-hmm. It's the same song. So yeah. that's <clears> the magic <throat> thing about songs. They're indestructible. So. Uh, yeah, it must, must be a strange thing. Could you, do, I mean, apparently, I'm not sure if this is true or not, when Noel Gallagher heard Ryan Adams' version of Wonderwall, he preferred it to his own version. Do you ever do that? Do you ever think, actually... That's, yes. that's actually better than I did it. Yes, that happens really regularly. The one that springs to mind is um, Chris Drever's Harvest Gypsies. That was when we received that. I was on <clears> tour <throat> with my friend Heidi Talbot, and, we, and she liked it. We just played it over and over. I couldn't believe how great it was compared to, honestly, if you ever heard my demo, it's, it really sounds like somebody who's, who's just got back from shouting at buses all morning. So is Chris Draver in Lau? Was he, he's played with Lau, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, in Lau. Yeah. He's in Lau. He's moved to Glasgow as well. He's fantastic. He's, he's kind of one of my heroes. I mean, he's younger than me. And so, so I don't know what it is, if you're allowed to have heroes that are younger than you. But yeah, I think so. He's absolutely amazing. And um, the f- he, he, he did a... The first time I ever heard of him was he did a version of one of my songs called Hummingbird in a group called Fine Friday. And it, I just, again, I couldn't quite believe how good it was. So, yeah, I love it when other people do my songs. They often do it better. Often. Sometimes they get the words slightly wrong. Say, uh, like, Ed is, um, uh, in Patience of Angels, she's, uh, there's, there's one word that's always been wrong in it. And it oh. Yeah. Do you want to disclose which? Or is that going to spoil it? angels. No, no, it really is not angels. No, my lyric went, she's all Tuesdays and forgetfulness. And she sings, she saw Tuesdays and forgetfulness. Oh, I've always always sung it as all. Yeah, and she does. Oh, doesn't make any sense. She saw Tuesdays. It does make sort of sense. I don't mind it when she does that, actually. I don't mind it. It, Not at all. She does it. uh, She does it. Quite often, though, one of my favourites is uh, on her her last album. What's her last album? There's a song called "Snowflakes in in the Sun," and there's a one of the verses goes, "I I took you skating in the park, figures of eight in the dark." I think that's rather lovely, don't you think? You know, mm. yeah, that is nice. Thought, well, the one night she sang, "I took you skating in the park, pieces of eight in the dark." <laughs> I found it quite difficult to concentrate after that. Yeah, you just imagine, imagine, a, a imagine parrot. Her on, yes, and on, on her peg leg. That completely ruins it, doesn't it? Oh, that's a fair point. I like that. Next time I hear that song, I'm going to go for this vape version. The other song that her, <laughs> the, the pianist uh, once ruined for me in Eddie's band 
and it used to be a real high point for me. It was, it was a song <laughs> called Please Don't Ask Me to Dance. Mm. And I'm standing next to him and it goes, Please don't ask me to dance. Please don't ask me to dance. And he's a Canadian guy. It, so it repeats the first line twice. And I, I, she's saying, Please don't ask me to dance. And then he leant into my ear and went, Because I got shit in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Ruined. <laughs> That's what I hear every time I sing. Yeah, I, I will now. That's, 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 yeah, that's changed the whole aspect of that song. That's lovely. Oh, nice. But it's, it's some, some, some good practical advice by the second line, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's quite nice. Don't ask me to dance ever. 18 second song sorted out done right we're yeah. going to play a song then because this is from you so i like the fact that so 2006 or 7 um you released an album called harmonograph which was your own covers of songs that other people of yours that had covered and didn't you say you had to yeah. actually at one point ask yourself permission to record your own song yes it was not it was actually on the song nameless is nameless on there did that make it is there a song called nameless i can't there? remember i'll look it up but, I'm, it's in uh, a different h I'm on the other side of the room. Yeah, but the the original used a sample, uh, and I used I used a sample of the sample, if you know what I mean, because ah. Eddie recorded it originally, and I had to sample a bit of the track because I liked the feel of it, so I had to ask permission, and ultimately the permission did come back to me. Yeah, so I did have to. <laughs> Were you tempted to say no? Well, just to spite a, yourself. It was a tense quarter of an hour standoff. But <laughs> You, yes, you've made peace with yourself and let, let yourself yeah. use the song. Excellent. Yeah. Right, so we're going to play a song from Harmonograph. Um, and I'm going to play the track we just mentioned. This is Slow Learner. And you think by now I know What a mess you'd make of me You think by now that I would see I'm a slow learner And we always seem to start At the beginning of the end Some things are hard for me to understand I'm a slow learner And everybody knows Everybody sees I guess everybody's just smarter than me Some things you just can't see Now I try To learn from my mistakes My heart bends It just won't seem to break I'm a slow learner And everybody knows Everybody sees I guess everybody's just smarter than me some things you just can't teach A slow learner 
everybody knows, everybody sees. I guess everybody's just smarter than me. Some things you just can't teach. A slow learner. Now, um, one of my favourite songs of yours is it's a really sad song, Bible Pages. Can we talk oh, about that song? We've got so much to talk about, but that the, sort of the, it's, a, it's a lovely song. It's a beautiful song. It's obviously it, you sing it in a, a really lo lovely way. But if you look at the lyrics, it's a really kind of unpleasant story behind the song. I mean, it's it's a well. What it you know, came from was when I was a kid. I remember hearing a radio program where they talked about there was World War One soldiers and they were talking just reminiscing and one of them said that they, you'd be given cigarettes and cigarette papers in your rations but you would run out of your papers so they would tear pages out of their bible because it was similar sort of paper mm. and roll cigarettes with um with with using pages from their bible the thing about that song is that was uh i'm that song was uh, we were driving somewhere and I, I made that up it, it, it's the first I thought I'd try and make up a song including the music in my head when I did so then so I then I had to work it out afterwards and that's m my memory of that and it was such an intense sort of thing to sort of try and remember everything without writing anything down because it's quite wordy <laughs> so uh, yeah <clears throat> but I do really I really uh, that was good because that was an idea that had been floating around from when I was a a young lad so and uh, there's a brilliant some film students made a video uh using that audio i don't know if you've seen that it's absolutely it's on that's on youtube it's amazing i haven't no you should you should check it out so that it's, it's a really beautiful piece of um filming so that that's that's what the song's about anyway yeah and, um, we'll play that in a minute but do you get are there points where you write songs and you haven't got a way of Maybe maybe it's not the same now, and, and where you can record into your phones. But where there's been songs, and you think, "What an amazing song! I've got you've got the lyrics, you've got the music, you've got no way of recording it, no way of writing it down, other than singing it out loud, and then it disappears, and you've you've come back to it." Are there, are there, could you could you put together an album of songs that you've completely forgotten? Yes, undoubtedly, and thank God for phones, because I, I, this is something I've never done before. It's strange times, and so I'm sort of going backwards and um, and having a look at things is that I thought I'd trawl through my voice notes on my phone and I found I found two songs that I'd completely forgotten. I've, there are probably more, but two. And I couldn't believe, I was like, my God, that's so good. Why did I just leave that? So I know that along the way before I could record things, I know. And I can remember feeling and, and remembering things and I just can't, I've got a very, very good memory for songs. I can normally remember everything about them but i knew i <clears> know i've lost a couple along the way that i think might have been nice you know yeah. well let's hear that song then. So this is a song from this is, a, is this toy box number one or two I toy box number one they're, they're called toy box one and two <clears> because i my grandmother was an illustrator and she the cover is her artwork and i was going to originally do four uh, but when I looked at the, and I bought them, I found them and bought them off collectors. But when I looked at the cover of, uh, that she'd done for Toy Box number three, it, 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 
it wouldn't have um, it wouldn't have been acceptable. <laughs> that's as far as I'll go. Okay, no, no, I'm not going to push anymore. This is, this is a so, pair so of EPs. The project ended at, at, at number two. At two. Okay, fine. Um, there's some. I mean, other other artists have done that. I'll tell you who did a really good job of that was Charlotte Church. She put out four EPs about six, seven years ago. Just called EPs one, two, yeah. three, and four. Really interesting stuff. There's a there's some track on there called Glitter Bond. It's a brilliant song. Have you heard that? It's an amazing song. Um, that, that's my recommendation to you. Charlotte Church, Glitter Bombed, um, from 2012. Great song. Um, so this is uh, from Torbix, uh, Toybox EPs. Two, did you say one or two? I've forgotten already. I think it's one. I think it's one. One. Um, this is Bible Pages. <laughs> I was only just 15 When I took a shilling from the king And the quartermaster winked at me He knew I'd lied about my age And I learned to take apart my gun And feel tobacco in my lungs and we would roll our cigarettes with Bible pages And as we marched up to the line Knew we'd be back by winter time But we soon learned only the blind Could find their way back home And all through Deuteronomy I cursed whatever had made me And we would roll our cigarettes with Bible pages There's no heaven, there's no hell Not as far as I can tell There's no devil, there's no God Only men and mud And when the brass would come around We'd stand our feet sunk in the ground They say we'd made our country proud But their England was not mine And we must be prepared to die But they forgot to tell us why And we would roll our cigarettes with Bible pages there's no heaven, there's no hell Not as far as I can tell There's no devil, there's no God Only men and mud And I had not long turned seventeen When I took the one that finished me And I must have lain so peacefully took my life away And what would the chaplain say If he knew we rolled our cigarettes through Bible pages All we had to roll our cigarettes was Bible pages Roll us 
cigarettes with Bible pages. So, uh, Bible pages from the uh, Toy Books One EP. Um, so, we've got a, a, you've given me more of your time than I expected. So, I think thank you very much indeed for, for speaking to me. But um, you're well, you currently... no, no, no. It's been great. No, no. I've enjoyed it. I, I've had oh, many I'm, questions. I'm, I'm trying to be interesting. I always no. You've been oh, massively. I've, dropped, I've, dropped, I've dropped quite a lot of names. And you've dropped some names. Up. I'm disappointed you didn't eat anything during the course of this. I was looking forward to that. Um, oh my God! I eat soup once on the internet. And I know. I know. It's never going to mention. Never. Never let you it's never, never nice down. <laughs> the um. Your last album, which came out last year, called Before, um, yes. doesn't feature any guitar. Um, I know you're probably bored to death of talking about this, but I'm going to play a track oh. off that in a minute. But I like the idea. It's, it's a lovely album. And, but what did you just write a number of songs without guitar and think, hang on, I could do a whole album of this? Or was that the plan? Right, let's do it. No, you, you work with Gustav was, and it's... No, the way, the, way, the, the way it started is uh, Chris Pepper, whose studio that I work in, we like to people it, if that's the right word, with unusual instruments. And he, uh, we'd, he'd, he'd heard about the dosetone, which is an instrument that was made in Glasgow about 100 years ago, and <coughs> it's like a keyboard, but instead of strings, it has tuning forks. And it was used to play, because it's very quiet, was used to play um, in church services in flats, because sometimes people didn't have anywhere to go. So he's got two. Gustav's got one as well, and it's quite remarkable because there weren't that many made. And um, I just, I did a little bit of playing on it and I said, oh, can you record me, Chris? And it, then I thought, oh, why don't I make an EP? And I sent the four songs I got to my record company, Reveal, and they went, you should do a whole album. So it came quite naturally. And then I thought, well, it's not going to have any guitar on it. There's a tiny bit of uh, a prepared guitar, which Gustav... So I, once I'd done the tracks, I sent them to my genius friend, Gustav Lundgren in, in Copenhagen, and he added lots of stuff, including prepared guitar. But forget, prepared guitar is a guitar where he, I think he'd put a playing card in between the strings so it rattled and sounded weird. So that, that's right. my favourite track. And so he... I wrote the songs, and then in between each song, there's an instrumental pas passage, which I just said, can you write something in response to each song? And he surpassed himself with some really beautiful music. And it was one of the most, the last two records have been the most enjoyable records to make, uh, making them with Chris Pepper and just taking risks and stuff. And then um, just actually enjoying listening to my own records, which is a new, a new experience for me. Because I heard one of the songs was uh, Tom Robinson played by Nightfall Last. Uh, it's a song called Imaginary Friends, which I think yep. is my favourite. <clears throat> Song of, I like all the songs on that, but I particularly enjoyed that, that one coming coming to fruition. It was just because what I've done for the last couple of records as well is sometimes when you take songs you wrote written ages ago into a studio, it's a bit like how do you reinvent it? How do you make it sound fresh? So quite a lot of the songs on both the last two records, I I would purposefully I'd have a vague idea, but I'd write them in the morning before I went into the studio. So I get up early and write a song and then go to the studio and record it and it sounds, it feels really fresh to me for that. So. It's a, it's a pretty, I was, I, when I first heard of the concept of the album before it came out, I was thinking that's going to be a, not a challenge, but it's an unusual thing because obviously you're known for your guitar playing and it's, yeah. it, it's a really, it's a, it's a lovely record. And after about the first four bars, you just don't think that there's no guitar. It's just, it's just, it's just well, body of work. I love guitar, of course I love guitar, but often times when you're in the studio, the guitar doesn't half take up a lot of space. 
it's like a space eater you know when you're trying to do a mix it's always that you put the acoustic guitar in it's like it eats the whole track you know so yeah i just uh i just thought i'd try it uh, actually as i said only on a couple of tracks to begin with but i just it just became quite addictive and knowing that gustav would it, it would leave gustav plenty of space to do beautiful and interesting things it was really fun i mean i will go back to guitar but i thought why not it's kind of nice going into any set of, of any project with a bit of a parameter because it kind of makes you more creative you know yeah because you have to think on your feet so i remember a long time ago with haftis holt uh i don't know if you know her icelandic singer i'm very yes but only her. only through you but yeah but the first album i did with her the, the only she said what the only um uh, i don't want any bass on the record so okay i don't want this on the record okay. in fact i want all the instruments to be children's toys so that's how uh, and that was actually what we did more or less there was a couple of guitars here and there but it was such a challenge and it was it felt so sort of creative to, to, to yeah to know that you had these rules i liked it so has there been any artist yeah well, yeah no problem that's fine has there been any or are there any people that you'd actually you want to write for but you haven't done or are there if i may ask has there been someone that you have written for that didn't use your songs i mean you, you know you're You've worked with so many different people. I'm not really. Someone asked me a similar question. I just kind of like things as they happen, you know. I mean, yes, I don't. I don't sort of hanker for for writing for anyone. I do send them if I think it might work. I think one person who didn't use my songs was I can't remember his name. Do you remember there was a a a. Um, a an italian singer who was very famous for a while and used to do songs with people like paul young and stuff like that. zucchero that's him the sh i mean sugar doesn't it yeah yes he bumped me off zucchero what did he, he oh fair enough rejected my song. i think Cher rejected one of my songs oh really um yeah oh. um wow yeah there have been a few there have been a few moments of despondency along the way <laughs> Very kind of, <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't not take that person when someone says I don't want to use your song, but do you get I me? Mean, it's ultimately it's nearly ninety percent of the time it's it's political. I wrote right. an, I wrote an entire album with Suggs, which I'm incredibly fond of, and he's, I've got a lot of time for him as a lyricist, as a fella, and as a just as a creative person, and I what eventually came out was much more in the style of sort of you'd expect and mm. I, I saw because i was in on the same logo i saw sort of machinations that happened you know so i didn't take it personally like if i see him now we speak very fondly at that time so no not really you don't feel you just think it's a shame and there's one yeah. song i've got this patreon thing and i've, I've put stuff mm. up i found there's a song called uh it really would be nice which is survived as a b-side so and it's and it's absolutely it's a beautiful song it's really beautiful and it's sort of um it's just a shame it didn't come out because i think it would have been a lovely thing that song. am i again my i thought on my memory was, was quite good but clearly earlier on we discussed that it wasn't did you do some writing with one of atomic kitten or am i imagining that i did that was a bizarre state of affairs for a while i used to go and write with a man called pascal gabriel who had been um Express, I think, or Bomb the Bass, or one of those. All right. And he's a really nice man. And I used to go down to his studio in 
London and spend a day. And there was a, a lot of um, a lot of r real pop 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 people used to go in there. It's funny because we uh, and I liked her. She's really nice. I had some really good chats with her. And me and my wife went to watch her do a gig. It's not obviously my my sort of area of music. Mm. There was one song that we did. Which I can't remember what it's called, but I I thought it was really nice. And, but but again, she was she's she's a smart person, but she was sort of in a different world and and, and reacted yeah. to a different place. Was that Liz? He was this, yeah, and then she won, didn't she won, won a cookery programme or something? <coughs> oh, yeah, she won, stage. did she won Celebrity Masterchef, didn't she? Yeah, no, totally not my world at all, but I liked her very much, and we used to chat, and I used to have really good chats with her, she's really, she's alright. So, and there were some other people <coughs> like that, that, um, I remember one time, it might have been with her, or maybe not her, maybe somebody not that well known, but I remember that um, suddenly Ian Brown was sitting in all of us. That was really surreal because we were doing this sort of ultra pop thing. Mm. We were sitting there and we were all having a chat. We're all the same, really, people who make music. It's just that we're not. I mean, I, I, I can remember, not, not that Lemmy was there, but I on tour one time playing uh, Scrabble with Motorhead. He'd gone to bed. <laughs> we're, we're, really? We're all, we're all the same, you know? It's just a different styles of music, that's all. I met I met Motorhead in 2003. I was in a, a, a conference in my other job um, in uh, Minneapolis, and uh, as we got the, the, to the hotel from the, from the airport, Motorhead turned up, um, and Lemmy had the room above mine. That was an interesting night's sleep I didn't have. Um, but he, um, yeah, I got chatting with the Motorhead. Was he playing a topic? Atomic kitten dead loud all night. He, yeah, but it was the Scrabble that was the most. Was that was the really, really loud. He played it very loud. Well, when they shake the bag, it can be quite noisy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was that was the word. And at one point, he, he, the, the little caddy where you put your letters, he, he knocked oh. that over, and that was oh, just oh, horrific. Honestly, really. But I was with um, uh, our PA, the lovely. Uh, I'm not going to mention her name because she listens to. This. We had a PA with us uh, in those days, um, and she'd never heard of them. Um, so I, anyway, so she ended up being offered that's free quite, tickets. It's quite an amusingly loud band never to have heard of, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. So the merchandise goes, oh, I'll, get, I'll get you all tickets. So they were playing literally the music band who was next door to the hotel. So it was them and Anthrax. Um, so my, my, my PA, who was in her mid-50s by that point, had never been to a concert of any kind before. Never seen any live music. So her first live music... Easter in Gently, Motorhead and Anthrax in, in Minneapolis. Um, yeah, we didn't see her the next day. I don't know what happened to her, but um, yeah. I, I, I think she enjoyed it. But yeah, that was yeah. A, a great experience. So if you're going to lull someone into a, maybe maybe your one of your gigs would be a good place to start. Not you're not going to yeah. deafen people, and she might get to dance in front of people. That'd have been quite fun. Yeah, all that <clears> sort of thing. Yeah. So I got one last question for you. If I look, your rest of your day has to arrive at some point, um, hmm. maybe this is the question I should have asked you before we start recording. So you've been doing this now for a fairly long time. Over it's over thirty years. So eighty six was the first time I came across you. Um, how on earth have you not appeared on Later with Jules Holland so far? It's extraordinary. It's one of those wise, great unanswered questions for me. How have you not been on that program? Well, I have. <laughs> but with Eddie. No. Did you go on your own? Have you played, no, played on your own? It was me and Chris Stifford. Ah. Oh, as a solo, as a solo artist, not I mean. as a solo artist. No. How I... come? That's ridiculous. I don't know, but um, I did, my memory of appearing with Chris was quite good because we'd rehearsed a, diff a different song and it was the two of us and we'd rehearsed it very, very well. It, honestly, we were pretty slick and then Chris decided to, he wanted to do a different song, but he couldn't 
he needed the lyrics in front of him and uh it's done as live so it's live essentially mm. and uh you know one of our greatest ever lyricists mm. uh and he so he pinned them to his uh, monitors and then he said one two three off you go and and then all the lights went out so he couldn't see so he basically <laughs> i think he sang the same verse three times or something like that and then it was it was and I, he, we both looked completely panic-stricken <clears throat> and, and it was probably not the best performance either of us have ever done and then it panned from us straight over to robert plant and um alison krauss doing gong 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 which was one of the best things in the world at that point so that's why you don't remember me being on that. Yes. I, 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 yes, I don't think I've seen that one. But I, I was just thinking as a solo artist. It's just, I don't know why. I don't know why. I didn't know if there was... I was, hoping, I was thinking maybe a story. Maybe you, you and Jules didn't get on. I was hoping for some no, kind of... No, I did, I, I did do a bad thing once, though, in Jules' house a very, very long time ago when we first, I was first working with Eddie in his studio in Greenwich. Um, uh, should I tell you this? You decide whether it can stay in or not. I don't. Okay. I don't. Is so we were do, doing recording there, and then he said, "I'll oh, come to a party in our house." Oh, and he, he's got some. He's got a beautiful house and beautiful friends and everything, and there were volivants, and, um, and so I stood by the piano with my volivants, feeling a bit shy, and then I looked down and my my volivant had gone, and it had clearly rolled into the piano, and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> So rolled into the open piano. <laughs> yeah, you know, it got the lid up. It's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I think right. that should stay in. I thought it was going to be a story of some kind of, you know, horrific thing, but that's pretty that's horrific. Not I've ever heard. No, it's pretty no, horrific. I still. I can yeah, no, but it's, it's an etiquette thing. It's not. It's not like a, you know, it's not sort well, of. If somebody ever know. comes up to me and say, "Would you like a Volvan?" I, I, I probably respond. In the negative, a little bit too loudly, you know. Let me move away from the piano. Then yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Like Let me move away from the piano <laughs> first. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I think that that would, <laughs> that would work perfectly, wouldn't it? Well, like, yeah. uh, I'm just imagining now him going to play the piano the next day and thinking, "Hang on a minute, there's no, <laughs> nothing's happening." Yes, that's right. <laughs> Someone jigs out. Can, can, can I just say because I've never I've met him a few times since I've never dared. But can I just say sorry now? <clears throat> Jules, because yes, no, I... he listens, doesn't he? He tunes in. So. Well, I'm hoping he does, yes. I, I, yes. I'll make sure he gets sent this and he'll hear for the first time how his 25 or £2 million pound Steinway we... grand piano got ruined. I don't think it was ruined. Don't make it worse. Well, no, no, ruined, but it certainly no, wouldn't have helped. I think, it's, I think it's very hard to ruin anything with a volivant. I mean, you know, they're not used in warfare, are they? <laughs> no, that's very true. I, do, I, I, never, I, I, <laughs> I was very. I remember. I really. We were supporting um, him in Paris in a very strange gig. Me and Chris, and I, I particularly enjoyed that. Because right, everyone, let's go on. And the, I remember the guitarist went on, and then I realised he'd left his guitar in the dressing room. That was really good. That was an excellent walk of shame. So, so what exactly were you going to do up there? <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know if you're for a cricket fan, but when Bob Willis, of course, sadly died last year. He was um, uh, batting at Lords for England about 1984-85. He came out to bat and actually got as far as the wicket and realised he didn't have his bat with him. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and someone else had to come out with it with the bat. And I believe he's out first ball. But anyway, oh, yeah, well, it's just, uh, yeah. 
You can hear me to any of us. You can, yeah. It's a bit like the beginning of this, and I couldn't hear you, wasn't it? You know. Yes, that, that was my, my issue with my technical issue with my my speakers now don't work, and I've got to use my. I thought, my, I, my I thought head. we were going to have to do it through the medium of mime, and some of those questions would have been we, quite difficult. To... Yeah, the Volavon story could have been very strange about there. Yes, that yes. Sound, couldn't it? How do you how do you mime a Volavon? I mean, well, I do have a piano in this uh, room, but it's <clears> I could have. Um, I said, "Well, how do you mime Jules Holland?" I don't know. You could do it. We could do it. Why don't you? No, do I think there's a. Why don't you do a video? Yeah. Why don't you start doing a, 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 oh. a, a video cast? A mime one, yeah. Yeah, where, where you mime questions and, and, and people mime their answers, I think. You just mime better. singers and artists and then get other, other singers and artists to, to guess who you're miming. Well, just, no, just the yeah. same. You, you mime questions to your person ans mimes answers. Mm. I, think, I, think, I, think, I think... I'll give that a go. <clears throat> yeah. Shall we call it All Round to Mime? Uh, yeah, you could call it that. I mean, mm. there, are, there are other options, but yeah. There are, but I think that's the one I'm going to go for because it's the first one I thought of. But had so, right, last question. So you you've lived in you were living in the the Cambridgeshire area for a while. How come you how come you've gravitated to Glasgow? Is it just, is it work based? No, it's because I love it here. Every time I've come here to work or do gigs, I've always loved it here. So as well as Eddie who lives here, there's Mark Freegard who rang mm. lives here. Loads of people are my uh, the strangest thing of all. I I live on in a tenement flat. Around a, a square, a, a little bit of parkland, and if I look out of my window, uh, I can see into the uh, living room of my best friend from school, who by pure coincidence lives here as well. Oh. We, we met the same day in Cambridgeshire at school, and we both ended up on either side of a square in Glasgow. So, and you had so, so you just you just did you know he lived there then, or you just like saw him and then I knew he I knew he for the I first knew, time. <clears throat> no, no, no. I knew he lived in Glasgow, but he's moved from where he lived before to the same square, which considering it's, uh, did you know that Glasgow, what, what, how, what, what uh, name, where do you think it's in the top 10 cities in terms of size in the UK? 13, 14? Third, it's big. It's the third big Is it really? It goes, it goes London, Birmingham, Glasgow. So the fact that he, yeah. you know, the fact that he's moved into the same bit is, is really even in terms of a city is pretty amazing. So that is extraordinary. I, I just, I just thought you were saying Glasgow. I thought it's big, and I just suddenly thought well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's one of those cities that's not as big as you think. Not everything but, I ask is a trick question, Kevin. Sometimes. I no, but that's the, <laughs> this is this is most most of the things you've said to me over the last fifteen years have involved some kind of deception in a nice way. Oh. <laughs> I meant that as a compliment. Anyway, right. So, Boo has other things to do other than talk to me. You've got other famous people to speak to. I do. To. I've got, there are quite a lot of windows in this flat that need staring out of. So. No, I do. Go and do that. I, 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 no, I've got, I've got people eager to, to hear from me. In that case, I wish you say thank you very much indeed for your time. I've very, very you much should, enjoyed you this. You thank you. You should be able to edit that. Is it, how, is it, you're going to tell me, is it a five minute podcast? Have you got lots of editing on you? No, no, it, go, it goes out pretty much as. We recorded it, except where we dropped the songs I'm, in. I'm anxious and... about the Volavon. Will I get into trouble I... for the Volavon? No, I don't think you will. I don't think well, you will. It was nearly 30 years ago. Oh, I think it's, it's not still there then, is it? Well, <laughs> you'd hope not. I mean, you it's a not. very clean house. I was <laughs> by how clean it was. It'd be very unlikely. Yeah, yeah I think it's unlikely. But, uh, okay, well, well no, it, I'll, would have, I'll... It, would have, it would have bounced around on, you know, when he hit it, it would have oh, yeah, bouncing around on the inside, Jesus, so. a flaky pastry all over the place, wasn't it? Oh, I know.
Doesn't bear thinking about. No, okay. Well, if we, if Jules Solon does listen to this, and Boo apologises, I apologise on his behalf too for yeah. for publicising an incident of of huge um, of culinary shame from thirty years ago. Yeah, or snack a, shame. A terrible faux pas. Yeah. <laughs> it was yes. Uh, nice one. Right. So we're going to end with a track from Boo's last album before. Uh, this is uh, Neverland. But it's Boo, thanks for your time. Pleasure as always. And um, when all this stuff is over. I shall come and see you live again. If you play in Croydon again, you did actually play a gig 400 yards from my house in November 2018, December 2018. But it's, um, I, my band supported Boo. I don't know if going to go through to that because we're not together anymore. But um, oh. thank you. Thank you for that. Well, no, it was, I mean, being, being, a, being a tribute band to a Canadian band no one in the UK has ever heard of was a kind of a niche market, I think. But we did it. It was fun. We did it. We did it's it for a while. didn't keep going because I, <clears throat> I was thinking of forming a tribute band to your band, so... Are we? Oh, that's fine. Now I go. Double tribute <laughs> I've, still... <laughs> I've still got the hat. You can have the hat. I've, okay, I've now okay. got them in a, in a wardrobe. I don't need them anymore. But yeah. Ben, who I was in the band with, he was, he was on episode 14 of this podcast. So he, he's, he? And, uh, yeah, his band, Ben Wood and the Bad Ideas, are, recall, are releasing one single a month for the whole year. Good, good. Quite a nice thing. They did the wedding present in that, didn't they? Do you remember that? They remember. did. Um, the new one is out, in, that's out tomorrow. has got uh, Paul Cook from the Sex Pistols on drums. Would you believe? Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Now, but the story of how they met is fascinating. Obviously, you'd have heard this. But they met at a dog training centre when Paul Cook asked Ben if he had any spare poo bags, which I think is the greatest way to meet one of the sex it pistols, is. isn't it? That is a fantastic way to... I yeah. The only time I met Paul Cook was I was walking down Tottenham Court Road when I was young and broke, and him and Steve Jones walking down the road, and I got them to sign my packet of 10 Benson and Hedges. <laughs> wow. And then I lost well, that's the, nice. I lost the box. So. Oh, that's so a shame. I think that's a good downbeat note to end on, isn't it? <laughs> it's just a lovely, lovely way of ending. But um, yes, but don't don't disappear. When, when we end the meeting, don't disappear because there's something I've got to ask you. But anyway, so Boo Hooding, thank you very much indeed for your time, and we'll see you again soon. Here is Neverland. <laughs>
It's just me and you in Neverland. There's no other life that I know.